for your grace this morning, Father God. We thank you for your mercy this morning, Father God. We give you honor today, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Father God, for you are good to us, Father God. We thank you, Father God, that you have been with us all through the week, Father God. And we thank you, Father God, that you have brought us to this day, this Sunday, Father God. We thank you, Father God, for help. seeds of honor 2021 has been decreed the year of honor and i'm telling you we've been sowing into the members lives and other people's lives and we have seen the power of god move and harvest so pastor tell us about how god blessed us this week well as you said this has been the year of honor and we have found many opportunities to give and to uh, sow seeds into different people's lives and this week we received over fifteen hundred dollars in unexpected income god is so faithful and i want to encourage you it's not about sowing a seed to get something in return it's about sowing a seed so that you have something in the ground that you have a harvest that you can reap from and it's about being a giver and so i'm so excited and i want to encourage you to continue to be a giver you have a list of all the members um zale and cash apps that you can yeah that signed up and that you can sow into their lives speak to the lord ask god god who do i need to sow into on this week and believe god that when you sow that you will repeat reap a harvest and so i'm excited about that it's been a blessing it's yeah. been amazing so listen guys we just want to encourage you all this don't morning. you say listen again <laughs> listen 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 Listen, I want you guys to be prepared for next Sunday. We're going to start our new series, The Heart of Thanksgiving. It's going to be absolutely amazing. We're going to share about the power of having a thankful heart and having the spirit of Thanksgiving. We're going to encourage you guys and help build up your faith in this season. So thank you all for your continued support. We love you guys, and we'll see you on next Sunday. God bless you.
God this morning. Praise God. My name is Minister Harper. We'll filling in for Apostle this Sunday. Pray God's blessing over he and his family as they travel with their son Joshua. You saw their announcement and our prayers are with them today. We look forward to their return on next Sunday. Thank God for the praise and worship. God is indeed a way maker miracle worker, a promise keeper. That's who he is. That's who he is. Amen. All right, we got to say it like we mean it this morning. Thank God for everybody who was able to make it in today. Thank God for those who are at home on Facebook Live and YouTube. Thank you for tuning in. Come to the time of the service for the tithe and the offering. If you need an envelope, if you would, please raise your hand. If you're writing a check, make it out to New Covenant Worship Center, NCWC. You can also give online through text and mobile app. Easy tie that. Thank God for the faithful givers. God has blessed us throughout this pandemic. Beyond measure, beyond expectations. But those are our expectations, of course. God has greater expectations. See, we can't put limits on God in terms of how much he's going to bless us or what he's going to bless us with. Because as soon as we do, if we put God in a box and he blesses us according to our expectations, we're in trouble. See, because we have limits, God does not. Amen. So we thank God for his blessing, his expectations, and what he pours out in our lives. And we thank God for it. We have a full day planned today. Myself and Minister Caesar will be tag teaming it today. Look forward to the word that God has in store for us. Have your seat ready, those on the right. If you could proceed to the rear, place your seat in the tithe and offering box. of the long winter nights. Amen. God has brought us through into this place and this day and we thank him for it.
the Lord. children, uh, Nikolai 29, Brianna 27, Nathan 22, and Gabriella 19. So we have had a full life so far. And uh, we just, I'll give the honor and the glory for my wife that uh, she's been able to stand next to me, not behind me, but next to me for all these years. Uh, for my children that uh, God has blessed them, God has sustained them. Uh, so far, and I pray to God that he was sustaining for years to come. So, uh, for those who don't know, a little bit about me. Uh, I like to cook. I actually went to school uh, uh, to be a chef. Um, I like to garden. For those who like, wow, Mr. Caesar likes to garden. But you know what, that, that came from my, my grandma on my uh, uh, mother's side. Um, it wasn't so much about the gardening, but it was a, the company that I wanted to keep with her. So she would go out and, and, and plant plants and old coffee cans. She would drill holes in them, put the dirt and plant them. So I was, I was the one that was in charge of uh, putting the dirt in the, in the cans. And she would grow plants, uh, different plants. And, um, you know, people would say that she had the green thumb. You know, a lot of people say, you know, when you, when you can grow uh, flowers or uh, plants that you have a green thumb. Well, it wasn't so much that she had the green thumb, it's that, that she cared for those plants, that she took the time to water them, she took the time to prune them, she gave them care. So it wasn't about a green thumb. Anybody could be a good gardener. All you have to do is take the time to, to, to encourage it. 
So with that said, uh, I like growing roses. Uh, in 1980, no, 2018, I got hurt. I was injured at work, so I was at home. So I was going nuts. I was depressed. I was uh, overweight. I was uh, not myself. I wasn't very strong in the word. Um, so I started, I, I picked up garden again, or uh, plants. So one of the, the things that I, uh, I picked up was the rose bushes. So uh, those who don't know, there's a brand called Knockout. They're usually about 70 to $80 for a, a rose bush. So I went to Home Depot uh, last week and I got a, a great, great deal on a plant. Isaiah, you wanna show number one? There we go. Ain't that a beauty? $7. I paid $7 for that. And that's exactly what people saw that plant. And they look at that plant, they go, it's dead. See, but what people don't know is that that plant has a dormant root. So that root will survive without water for a year. But as soon as you take it out, uh, number two, and give it a little hydration. So that is a combination of water a little bit of, uh, uh, well, the next picture will tell us. Go to the next picture. A little bit of Epsom salt, a little bit of uh, apple cider vinegar, and that little can is actually fish, byproducts of fish, but it's in a concentrate. So you put, I put that in the water, and I let it sit, let it hydrate, and these plants you're going to see, these are uh, last year's plants. These are last year's plants. So, a lot of us look at people the same way we looked at that root. So, we look at them and go, that is dead. That is terrible. Wow. We also look at Christians the same way. When we see a Christian that does not bear any fruit, that is a little rough, that, that, that is rough around the edges, that is rough to the world, they has no foliage, they're showing no fruit, we give up on them. We totally give up on them because we're saying it's dead. But one thing we, we have to know, once you are saved, you are rooted Amen. in God. So you grow that root. A lot of times we're not producing fruit because we are not in good ground. So when we're not in good ground, therefore we're not producing fruit. So a couple of things about uh, deep roots or importance of the functions of, of roots in a plant. First of all, nutrition. Second of all, water uptake. Uh, three, sustains the plant through droughts. And then number four, it anchors the plant to the ground. So in a rose bush, if a rose bush is 10 inches round, you have to make it a time and a half deeper hole. So you have to make a hole 25 inches round to put the roots in. So you're saying, wow, that's a big hole. Well, the thing is that the roots are going to spread under the ground. If you narrow that hole, you are holding back the roots. So you have to give a chance for those roots to be able to grow. So remember that as I go through, through this message this morning about the roots. So. I already, a, a, a quick definition of dormant root is a plant uh, uh, that is not actively growing. Once you place it in the, the plant in the ground, the moisture and the nutrients, the plant will start growing fruits. So when we first, uh, I say I go to the number five. When we as Christians, we become, we look like this when we're first in the word because we are being nourished, we are planted, and, and we look like this a lot of times. But it takes, it's a process getting there. Go to the 10 things that we need to, to be able to sustain. So here it is, 10 signs of a deep root. So this is also uh, 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 equates to Christianity. So receive Jesus Christ as your savior. That's when we are first planted. That's when we are first in the word. But just one thing we have to remember, we are predestined from birth. We are predestined from birth. God has chosen us before we even are born. So we already start, we already have a root. 
We have a dormant root, but we have a root. So until we are receiving Jesus Christ as our Savior, that's when we get planted in the ground. A lot of times we're walking around, you know, people on saving the world and people, you know, they're listening over to us the internet. You know, if you are one of these persons that, that you are not in, in church right now, just remember you were predestined from birth. So you already have the tailings to being a good Christian. So learn, uh, learn and, and, and is instructed, has a grateful heart. So if you guys see that there's, there's scripture next to it. Um, and then we go to number four, does not follow the way of the world, keeps good company, delights in God's law, meditates in the scripture, trusts in God, does not wither in fear when trials come, bears fruit for the kingdom. But sadly, a lot of us get to about number three, and then we go, okay, the world's calling me, my friends are calling me, and, and you start going this way. But, you know, this is a lifelong journey. This is not something that's going to happen to you two years into your Christianity or, 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 or for when you're first saved. You know, the first three might happen. You, you, you'll go through all that. That's the honeymoon stages. When we get to number four, a lot of us find that it's too hard to, to, to be pruned and to be implanted and to be dug in the ground and, and, and to be put dirt upon us well that's what the church does to us the church is able to instruct us in the learning it's able to if if, if a plant if, if one of the buds dies or the flower dies you have to cut it if you don't cut it that plant that flower the dead flower takes away from the whole plant so that's what the church does to us if they prune us you know the, our leadership prune us our leadership tells us what to do, where to go, and it's up to us to follow it. Keep that up there, I said, please. So, keep in good company. So a lot of times we're like, well, you know, my friends, uh, they're calling me over here, my friends are doing this, my friends are doing that. A lot of times, you know, if, if you have a, a flower or a rose bush in the ground and all of a sudden the, I have a, a maple tree in my yard and that things have little helicopters and they fall well guess what they fall in the soil right next to the roses because the soil is rich in nutrients they start growing and then all of a sudden that that little tree becomes a bigger tree and becomes a breed I mean the, these trees give up thousands and thousands of seeds that they, they go a lot of times that's the way our Christians because we are still keeping the same companies and we don't separate us from from where we were before that bad company is going to overtake us and it's going to overtake us it's going to take us to the left to the left to the left and to the left Amen. so be careful of the company that you keep because you know like my mom used to say you know tell me who your friends are and i'll tell you who you're going to be yeah. you know so that's a company that if you keep bad friends eventually you're going to be like them, or you're gonna be a, a cottonwood tree, or you're gonna be a maple tree or, instead of a rose. So, you know, so we're, we're going through this. Uh, actually, after uh, Apostle called me or texted this, this uh, Monday, and I was, I was actually talking to, also we were out in the, in the yard, and, and we were talking about the root, that I bought, she, she said the same way, you just wasted $7. <laughs> so I said, no, but there, there's a message in here. And not even uh, 20 minutes later, I got a text from Pastor. He goes, hey, I know out of town, can you, can you uh, please be able to talk? And I said, sure, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll gladly do it. Well, about two hours after that, my roots were tested. My son, Nathaniel, my 22 year old was shaving and he's got a bad habit of putting his hand inside of the sink to lean forward to shave. Well, he, he's a big boy, and he put his hand right through the bottom of the sink, lacerated his wrist all the way through, got the tendons, got the ligaments, got skipped, thank God he skipped the, the artery. Um, so I, my wife came outside, come, come, come in, Nathan had an accident. I go, this car is right there. He goes, no, no upstairs so I go upstairs and my son comes come into the bathroom dad takes the towel off and I can see the gash if you guys want to see pictures 
sit me after the service. So I went in there, he took the towel off, and I go, okay, good, you didn't get an artery, we're good, let's, let me wash the dirt off us, so and we're going to the, the doctor. Uh, we went to the doctor, quick care, and they looked at it, they saw the white tendon hanging out, and he goes, that's nothing we can do, go to the hospital. So we went to the hospital, and it, thank God, it was the holiday, so we got there at three, and um, they wanted to sew them up and send them home, because they said there's nothing they could do. I said, no, we're not gonna do that. I said, we're gonna call whoever's on call, the, the wrist and hand surgeon, because I know there's only a certain amount of time to reattach the ligaments and the tendons. So they did. So by eight o'clock, he was out of surgery. He had surgery. Um, he ended up getting like 25, maybe 30 stitches because they had to make the, the, the incision a lot more because they flipped the skin over and to get to the nerves and reattach. So with all that's happening, the next day, my son, my oldest son, Nikolai, he's a long hauler. He has COVID, so he still has uh, symptoms of the liver, um, uh, everything else that, that goes with it. Uh, he went and got his, his vaccine because the doctor recommended for him to get the vaccine. And he had um, um, adverse reactions to the, the vaccine. He had the chills, he had the fever. Um, so in, in those days, in, in that time, you know, I'm sitting here going, okay, I'm gonna speak the word Sunday and, and Elsa, Elsa all Satan is attacking you right away. And, and I'm sure, I'm sure he was, you know. But again, going back to the, the deep-rooted uh, roots, the only thing that saved me or sustained me through this process was that I am rooted in God's word and I am rooted in his promises. Uh, I'm not gonna say that, that I am Job, but I will try to follow those biblical principles of trusting in him and, and sustaining with him. Amen. So, just as a tree needs deep roots to uh, withstand the storms and droughts, so do, uh, so, so do we need to be rooted deeply in faith. Faith in Christ can sustain us and protect you through any trial. Uh, yet too often we don't have uh, we first don't grow deep roots in faith when the storms comes and we are tossed about and are wondering what good is our faith anyway so here's a here's a little video that I say I found for me that what the trees are doing so this is a tree in a storm so it, it's getting tossed back and forth it's getting moved back and forth but that's what happens when we are not deeply rooted. So even though that tree is a beautiful, healthy tree, and, and, and it has a lot of foliage, has a lot of branches, but get its roots, when storms came, tossed it over. So that is the results of shallow roots. How many of us Christians have that happen to us? When tribulations and trouble come our way, we look healthy, healthy Christians on the outside. We have full branches, we have fruit, but yet we are not deeply rooted. That is what happens when the tribulation comes and falls. So go to the next, go to the, the ones sideways. Often that is what we should be. That is a storm that came through, but because the tree was rooted, it was deeply rooted. It bent, it twisted, it moved, still standing. Still standing. So that's what we need to be as Christians. Even though we get tossed about and get turned and get pulled, and I'm sure a few branches were broken on it, and that looks like it, it happened a while ago, it is still standing. So we might not be the perfect looking Christian, the upright, the healthy tree that, that, that we all think that we should be as Christians. We might be that tree that's lying a little bit sideways. But we're still producing fruit. We are still in the work. So I am here just to encourage you today. No matter what's going on in your life right now, what you've went through, what you've been through, or the situation you're at, be deeply rooted. And the way we're going to get deeply rooted is to be in our word. To be in a church is going to sustain us. To be in a church is going to give us encouraging words. Because as human beings, we need that. Amen. Even though we might be this, 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 out of church, we are nothing but children. 
inside. We still need that approval. We still need that pen in our, on our head. And, 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 and a lot of times that comes from the church. That comes because it's directly connected to God and what God has for us as our apostle lead us. And sometimes he has to trim us. Sometimes he has to cut those branches. Sometimes he has to cut the dead fruit off of it for the tree to grow, for the plant to keep growing. So when that happens, correction comes, don't pick up your roots and go, I'm going to the next church. Because what happens is we become a tree with shallow roots. Even though we have the roots, and even though we are Christians, because we move back and forth because we don't like what one church says or what the other apostle says or this pastor says, we move. And when storms and tribulation comes, we are tumbled over to our sides because we are not deeply rooted. And when that becomes wet, you might as well be a dead run. But also on your children, if you guys have not seen fruits from your children, don't worry. They have a dormant root. All they need is a love, a kindness, direction. And in their time, not all, not all root bushes, I could say, when I go to Lowe's and I, I buy six, $700 worth of plants for $130, I can't save all of them. But I know that there's a chance that I can save them. I know that there is a possibility of saving them with that Epsom salt, with that vinegar. Epsom salt has magnesium in it, so it goes right back into the plant. So all we have to do is know is how to treat your plant, how to treat your root, how to be rooted, how to learn to be trimmed, and how to know to be smart and not move to the next church or I'm leaving Christianity at whole. I'm better off in the world. Remember, that's what Satan wants. He wants us to be out there in the world. He, he, wants, to be a, he wants you to be a dandelion. He wants you to be, you know, a, a common weed. You know, we are sustained in, in the word and God wants us to be that rose bush. A lot of times we, we, we think about, and, and this is for closing, our Christianity, that if we sustain a good Christian life, that for years and, and then when we die, we'll go to heaven and we'll have our, our, our crown and we will walk with God. But the more I, I, I've been in, in, in the word and been in, a Christian, I've learned that it's about the journey. It's not so much the destination. It's what are you in this journey? You can be the, the most perfect person in this church and be a, a grumpy old man or a grumpy old woman outside and not talk to anybody in the room. It's about the travels. It's about what you touch in your life. It's who do you touch? Who do you meet? Who do you serve? Who do you help out? So remember, it's the journey. It's not the destination. The destination, we are promised that. We know we, we, we won't have that. But enjoy. Enjoy the trip through this life. Because before you even know it, we, we just had it through COVID. We, we had our relatives, and two days later, they were gone. You know, a lot of us know a person, the situation that that happened. And, and I, I, me at 56 years old, I don't want to go through life. And all of a sudden, I, I, I turn back and I go, okay, what did I do with my life? You know, with me, with my coaching and me helping out people, I can turn around and say, well, I, I was a blessing to him. I was a blessing to her. I was this. I was that. I was that. So it pays off to be a good person. Amen. Even though people, you might say people are not watching or, you know, people are not uh, giving you the props or people are not giving you the respect that you need. People are not giving you the titles that you need. It's a relationship between you and Christ. That is it. It never says that it's a relationship between the church, you and God. It's carry yourself that way. But you have to be encouraged and follow the 10 things. The, thing, the 10 things that we need. So here, for anything, here's your recipe for life. As, as I just gave you the recipe for the plant, try to follow these. We follow these. We are guaranteed that we're going to be good Christians, a good fruit, and good standing with deep roots. God bless you. Amen. Amen. So now we're going to have uh, to close us off on the second half. Minister Oliver Harper. Praise the Lord.
Thank God for that word. Amen. Being deeply rooted Amen. in Christ. As the storms come and the winds blow, we're going to be tested. Amen. Question is, how deep are our roots? Will we just blow and sway? Or will we be blown over? Amen. Amen. Thank God for that word. And Amen. it's amazing how the spirit works because I got that same text and asked if I would be available to speak today. And I said, yes. Thank God for the opportunity because it's not so much the apostle who called. It was God who spoke through the apostle that said, send Minister Caesar and Minister Harper. Uh -huh. Because it's amazing how this works out and how his message correlates with mine. Did we talk at all this week, Minister Caesar, about what we were going to speak on today? Did we speak at all together about what we we're going to talk about today? No, we did not. But I want to get into this message today. And I'm just still in awe at how the spirit works. See, we take too much credit, too much upon ourselves that I did this and I did that. By myself, I am nothing. It is the spirit of God that works through me. It is the spirit of God that works through us. It is the faith and belief we have in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that sustains us. So I want to get into the message today coming from 2 Timothy verses 4 through 7. And this is out of the NIV. It says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. I want to talk to you today about the value of faith. Amen. The value of faith. See, when we talk value, we have a tendency to put a dollar amount to it. We have a tendency to categorize it in terms of a worth that we can relate to. But I want to give you a couple of definitions about value. First of all, is value is the regard that something is held to deserve. The importance, worth, or usefulness of something. The other definition is, and this is one that we can relate more to, is estimate the monetary worth of something. To estimate the monetary worth of something gives us an idea of its value. See, when we have a jewel that they say is valued at a certain amount of money, it gives us an idea of its worth. Uh -huh. When we own a car, we go to buy a car, there's a price tag associated with it. When we buy a home, there's a price tag associated with it. So there is a value attached to that object. But faith doesn't quite fit those categories. The reason faith does not fit those categories is faith is not something we can buy. It cannot be bought or sold. Faith is a gift. It is a gift from God given to us as believers. The Bible said he has given all of us believers a measure of faith. And we know we heard the words, the phrase, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things unseen. But what does that mean? That's, that means that I don't have to see it to know that it has value. I don't have to touch it to know what it's worth. Because if you categorize or try to categorize faith in terms of worth, since you cannot apply a price to it, that makes it worth more than any money. 
any amount. It cannot be bought. The phrase or the word that is used to categorize it is priceless. I can't attach a dollar amount to faith because it is priceless. And furthermore, it is a gift. We don't earn faith. Faith is given to us as believers as justification through Christ. So when we try to categorize and make faith some value, uh, we're, we're, we're running amok, we're running astray. We get the wrong picture and the wrong view of what faith is worth. And that puts limits on faith. See, when you say it's only worth X amount of dollars, there's a limit there. Oh, there's no limit to faith. There's no limit to faith because if we put a limit on faith, we put a limit on God. God is limitless. He is infinity. He is today, tomorrow, and forevermore. So we cannot put God in a box and attach a dollar amount to the gift he has given us, which is faith. The Bible says now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Now, I want to translate that and correlate that to another scripture of text to give you an idea of what faith brings. It says in Romans 4 and 3, and once again, I'm out of the New Living Translation, for the scripture tells us Abraham believed God and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. So Abraham got a bonus. He got a bonus when he believed God. That showed he had faith. And because he had faith, he got a bonus. He was counted as righteous. It did not say that Abraham was righteous. It said he was counted as righteous. So faith, faith comes by hearing and hearing of the word, but it comes with a bonus. Also, oh, it's not just faith that comes with believing in God. See, there are other gifts that are founded upon faith. See, some of the gifts are gift of wisdom, knowledge, healing, miraculous powers, prophecy, distinguishing between spirits, speaking in tongues, and the interpretation of tongues. But the first one is faith. See, faith is the avenue through which the other gifts are received. Now, everybody doesn't get the same because it says a measure of faith. Everybody's not going to get the same measure of faith. Everybody's not, not going to get the gift of tongues. Everybody's not going to get the interpretation of tongues. Everybody is not going to get all the gifts of the Spirit. That's good. But you did get a measure of faith. That's good. So how much faith do we need? How much faith is necessary? Matthew 17 and 20. Jesus replied, because you have so little faith. Uh -huh. Truly, I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Okay. Nothing will be impossible for you. So when you came in today, each of you got a little envelope. Now, if I told you what was inside this envelope was invaluable, would you believe me? Seems like there's nothing in there at all. What's inside there is a mustard seed. Faith as small as a mustard seed can move mountains. Now, if you look at that seed, you'll say, well, if this can move mountains, this little amount of faith, it is symbolic. If this amount of faith can move mountains, how much more can much more faith do? But Jesus said, just, just, just the faith the size of a mustard seed is enough to move mountains and nothing will be impossible for you. But how do we treat faith? See, many of us treat it like a cheap gift. 
How do we treat cheap gifts? Uh, we may hold on to it, throw it away, give it away. See, this is symbolic, but I'm willing to bet I would journey to say and question how many of these will ever make it out of this building. How many of us will even make it out of this building with the faith that we came in here with? And for the ones who make it out of this building, how many of them will make it to the car? Go a little further, how many of them will make it home? And if it makes it home, then what? You put it in the drawers, assemble with the, with the blessed oils and the handkerchiefs and everything else that you have? I don't know. But even worse, discard it. Throw it away altogether. That's how we treat our faith. How fragile is our faith? We saw the illustration of the tree and the wind was blowing. As soon as we see a little turbulence, as soon as the wind starts blowing in our lives, there goes our faith. We don't hold on to it and clutch it for what it's worth. We don't realize and recognize the value that it has. It just blows away with the wind. And we get a witness today. We're going to have some turbulence. We're going to have some winds that blow. We're going to go over some rocky roads. Our ships are going to get tossed to and fro. And all we will have to hold on to and cling to is our faith. We can allow the winds and the turbulence and the troubles and trials and tribulations of life to cause us to lose our faith. Why? Because, oh, a day is going to come when we'll learn to appreciate the value of faith. See, over the past year, we had this thing called e-commerce. Many of us became well-versed with e-commerce because we couldn't go anywhere. See, we had to go online to purchase stuff. And we had this thing called the cart. And then you had to go to the checkout to pay for your items. That's when you found out the value of everything that you placed in that car. See, we're going through life right now and we're placing things in our cart. But there's something that struck me as odd as I was going through this online shop. And there were some items that I came across that said in order to find out how much it is, you gotta put it in the cart. Ah, See, so you didn't find out the value of it or what it was worth or what you had to pay for it until you checked out. Come on. Every one of us is checking out. Jesus. Oh, every one of us is gonna check out one day. And we're gonna go to our cart and we're gonna see what's inside. But I don't know about you, but I wanted to be able to say, I finished the face. I fought a good fight. I finished the race. I kept the faith. When the winds were blowing in my life, I kept the faith. When my kids weren't acting up, I believed in your word that said, train a child the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. I kept the faith. When my friends abandoned me, when my significant other left, I believed your word when you said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I kept the faith. When I didn't have food on the table, when I didn't have clothes on my back, when I didn't have a roof overhead, I believed your word when you said, I will supply all of your needs according to my riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I kept the faith. 
when I was sick and the doctors gave up on me. No cure. I believed in the healing power of the blood of the Lamb. I kept the faith. I kept the faith. Now. Now. I see the value now. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness. Oh, see, I see the value now. See, there's a crown at the end of this journey. When I check out, I see what my faith was all about. There's a crown of righteousness stored up from me, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on that day. And not only to me, but to all. Not just to me, but to all who also have longed for his appearance. To all who have longed for his appearance. Hallelujah. Praise God. I kept the faith. Praise God. I kept the faith. That's all I have for you. I hope that blessed your spirit. Hold on to your faith because you're going to have it. You're going to need it. You're going to need it. And that's all you're going to have to lean on is your faith in Jesus Christ. But know that one day it's all going to be worth it. So you don't see the value in it now. But the day is going to come where you see the value, when you check out and cash in. See, it's not going to be a checking out so much as it's going to be a cashing in. Here is your reward. A crown of righteousness with the Lord, which the Lord God Almighty is going to give to me and you on that day. Keep the faith. Keep the faith. Praise God. God bless you all. Amen. Amen. Make a good time today. We can still get home and fire up the barbecue. Amen. It's a good day for it. 90 in the shade. That sounds like a cookout. Don't fire up that oven. No, no, no. Mm -mm. No, no, no. It's a cook in. Somebody gave him a funny look. What? He's starting no oven today. Amen. It's grilling time. We thank God for everyone who is here today. We thank God for the praise and worship. Thank God for Minister Caesar. And our prayers are with the apostle and his family on their trip. Amen. Let us, is there anybody here, anybody here that does not know Christ? and want to give their lives to Christ. Today and right now is the time. Amen. Amen. Thank God that everybody is covered. And I pray once again that we all keep the faith. Amen. So if we all could please stand to our feet. Father in heaven, we thank you for today. Father, we thank you for this first Sunday in June and bringing us this far through the pandemic. Father, through the trials and the tribulations, you have kept us safe. Father, we can't thank you enough for your arms of protection and the provision that you have for us. Even through hard times and difficulties, Father, we still had a way. Father, you made a way for us to have food on the table, a roof overhead, clothes on our backs for transportation and jobs, for provision, to allow us to sustain. Father, we know that it was only you that made it happen. And we give you all the glory, honor, and praise. Father, we thank you for everyone who was able to make it out today. And Father, for the apostle and his family, Father, we ask that you would wrap your arms of protection around them as they travel to and fro. And Father, we ask that Joshua be granted the desires of his heart. Father, we ask for a safe return until we meet again. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.